you know they say that thing, there's many ways to skin a cat. Like everybody knows that saying. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Why does everybody know that saying? Who the fuck is out skinning cats? Is that an old thing that we used to do as American? Cat skinning. Uh, but I guess this is another way to skin a cat. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossip! Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Randy Sobel here and our co-host over there, Chris Buckley today. Hello, hello. What's going on, Buck? Not much. Uh, I am, uh, I feel like I'm back to normal. I mean, I, you know, the last time I hosted, we did uh, the January 92 show in uh, Seattle's Moore Theater. It was just me and John. And yeah, uh, that was, that was little... when, yeah, a couple weeks ago and you were uh, off uh, at your wedding. How dare you? So <laughs> I know how could I, how could I leave my <laughs> podcast for my wedding? How could you? Uh, Gee, so priorities uh, there. Obviously, we uh, we sent our congratulations to you, and um, it's just uh, back to normal now. It seems like uh, it is. I, but uh, John and I had a great time, and definitely looking forward to doing another show with him as well. But you were obviously the first person that I had been on the show with as a guest a, a while back. So now we're back to normal. It's good to have you back. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's it's great to be back. Obviously, like, you know, I, I, I seem to be the linchpin in all this, but I love it when I love that episode. I loved listening to you guys and, and listening because I, I, I'm just as much of a nerd as anybody else. I love listening to this show when I'm not editing it or uh, or working on it. I, I, I like the idea behind it, uh, you know, uh, it's, it, I'm just as much of a fan as anybody else is listening to it. Sure. So hear, hearing you guys talk about that sort of stuff, like made me excited. So hopefully in the future, I know John wants to do an episode with Matt, that sort of, uh, that's, that's in the books written in pencil right now. We'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with it. But, um, yeah, I, I there will be some episodes in the future that I won't be on that. I'll, I'll just, I'll take a back seat. I'll edit. I'll do what I got to do, but you know what? I'm 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 interested. I want to see what you guys got to do. I think I that was a fun episode. I want to see that stuff again. Well, that's awesome, especially in the early stuff. So yeah, yeah. it was the earliest show we'd ever done. Only Seattle yep. show thus far. Right? Yep, that's so, true. So, well, uh, technically our vault show, uh, Easy Street. Okay, we fair record, enough. We fair recorded enough. that back uh, in April. And that has not made uh, any appearances. Okay, so um, it's the so. only Seattle show that has seen the light of day. How's that? That is very true. Yep. That, there we there go. There you go. 
Yeah. Uh, it is not this, the last Seattle show. That's for damn sure. No. We got we got a lot to do there. So um, before we get into doing the MSG show, uh, let's talk about Patreon real quick. Uh, if you guys want more of the podcast, want to contribute to the podcast, help us out, like what you're listening to, head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs, contribute any amount. It could be a dollar. It could be $2. It could be three, whatever it is. We appreciate your, your donation and everything goes back into helping out the podcast. If there is a tour coming in 2020 and we're crossing our fingers, we're crossing our toes, uh, then we are going to put a lot of that, uh, a lot of your donations into meetups and, uh, you know, merch, uh, merch giveaways and things like that. So it all kind of goes back into, uh, giving back to you guys. And Buckley, tell us what else you can get from, uh, joining Patreon. Well, along with everything you just said, Randy, if anyone out there, any of our uh, faithful listeners want to contribute some money uh, to the podcast, listen, it helps us keep it going, helps us continue to bring you shows week after week. And hey, you can come on the show, pick your own show, uh, tell us what boot, whatever performance you want to uh, come on the show and talk about. We'll listen to it. We'll get neck deep, dive into it and and figure out uh, everything that makes that show so important to you. And you can come on and talk with me or John or Randy or maybe Matt. Who knows? John will fight you. John will fight me. John will fight me. He'll fight you. He'll fight anyone. He'll fight anybody. He will fight anybody. So just tell us if if you're a contributor, you're a donator, if you want to come on the show, let us know. And uh, yeah, it's a a lot of exclusive content there as well that you can go and uh, seek out and and discover on our Patreon. So please uh, continue to listen and donate. Right now, uh, we actually have a new Evolution episode. Uh, State of Love and Trust is up there. Both of us did uh, that, and you should uh, be able to see that up there if, if you're if you're in and uh, subscribe to Patreon. You can listen to our fourth Evolution episode, State of Love and Trust, and we should have more of those in the future. And again, we mentioned on a past episode that it is a future investment because starting January, we have a new series that we're doing for it, and we're really excited about it. So can't tell you what it is now. Just a little hint: it is part of something that. Pearl Jam has done consistently throughout the years. Ooh. So that's all I can say. Exciting that's stuff. That's all I can say. Uh, but if you're a patron or not a patron and want to get in touch with the show, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite shows are, what shows you want to hear, what shows you have stories for. We're open to every request. Uh, we I'm just want to hear from you guys. Uh, we're going to hear that today. <laughs> maybe, maybe we won't talk about it for that long, but we'll. <laughs> It'll be a mention. Uh, we are open to all <laughs> requests and uh, anything that you got that you want to contribute to the show. It's uh, highly appreciated, and we're obviously on all the social medias. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all there at Live on Four Legs Podcast. You search Live on Four Legs. There's no other thing called Live on Four Legs. So, One and only. There you go. That's it. That's who he is. All right. MSG Night 2 2010. This is very significant for both of us. We were both in attendance. Uh, This was your first show. It was. This was my fifth. uh, And this was also the third of uh, the last of three that I was doing in in the Backspacer tour. So, you know, I had gotten a couple under my belt, including the night prior. But your first show, I mean, everybody that comes on the show, a lot of the patrons that that do come on they will pick their first one and because it's always special to them it's always you know that experience that they go back to so 
talk about it a little bit. Your first show, how how'd you get there? Uh, you know what what was going through your head? How big of a fan were you? Let's let's start from the bottom. Sure. All right. So in 2010, in May of 2010, so I'm born in July of 94. So I'm only 15 at this point, going on 16. A pretty big. You were six months old when Vitalogy came out. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I had to bring it up. Uh, right. So, my, you know, my uncle is a, a big music fan, uh, you know, comes to me and says, hey, you know, I want to get you something for your, for your birthday. But, you know, do you want to like go somewhere like do like do something like instead of just me trying to find something to buy you like an item? I'm like, yeah, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. He's like, well, Pearl Jam's playing in in New York City at the Garden in a couple weeks. And this is like early May, like late April, early May. He says, you want to go? I'm like, okay. You know, and at this time, my music uh, choice was pretty... I hadn't really branched out. I was listening to a lot of what my parents were listening to. I mean, I'm talking like Billy Joel and Tom Jones and like Frank Sinatra. Then Guitar Hero comes out. I'm starting to listen to a lot of more classic rock. I was big into Aerosmith at first. So at this point, my musical taste is expanding, but not nearly. I mean, not even close, obviously, to where it is now. And obviously, I'm still young, so I'm only 15, whatever. I was going to guess that you were Blink-182. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. So anyway, that part of the, to make this, this part of the story short, we get the tickets, we go to the show. I don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm excited to go to a show, to be going to the garden. I always liked going to the city. Of course, I work in the city now, so now I dread going in the city every day, <laughs> having, to, <laughs> having to go on the Long Island Railroad every day, but that's another story. Anyway, we, you know, we grabbed some dinner before the show. I remember it was a Friday, right? Um, yeah, it's Friday night, because that's what Eddie says. He goes live, night, yep. live from New York. It's Friday night. It's Friday night, yep. um, And we go to the show, and again, I, I don't really know what to expect. Now, in as I guess to try to prepare for the show as best I could, um, I, I kind of wanted to know some songs, you know, just going in. And my knowledge of Pearl Jam to this point, you have to, so this, you have to understand, like, my perception of this entire show, this entire bootleg, everything, it, it is very different from when I saw it in real time to now looking back, you know, I have a very, very different perception and understanding and appreciation for the songs, the performances, the band itself, etc. So I'm going into this completely not knowing anything what to expect other than my uncle telling me that he saw them at Randall's Island in 1996, you know, September 29th, I think it was of 96 in the pouring rain. Mm -hmm. So many locals, New Yorkers, Long Islanders were at that show and can tell you all the stories. I know about five to 10 people. Right. It's, that was their debut. Exactly. Exactly. So that was his as well. He loved it. He's been a fan ever since we've gone on to see, PJ, we went to the PJ20 Festival together. We went to see them at Wrigley in 2013. Uh, we were there at uh, Barclay Center in 2013. We I, we were there together at the Garden in 16, etc. So I, he's like been like my Pearl Jam buddy for for quite a while. So with this show, again, not to sound like a broken record, I have nothing in my head going into this show as, uh, except for like even flow, which I remembered hearing <laughs> at like, and I said this actually uh, in the. Uh, some more theater show to John how that was the first song I really had come to know from going to like Islander games 
and then playing sure. like Guitar Hero 3, you know, hearing it in arenas as like warm-up songs for sporting events. So I try to listen to some stuff. I was like, what should I do? Like, if I want to listen to like, what should, he's like, well, just listen to 10. I'm like, okay. So I, I listened to it a couple times. It didn't really grab me right away. I, I, I had known Alive a little bit, Jeremy, Black, Even Flow. So really those four and maybe like Better Man at this point are the only songs I really know. And as you could see, as we, as we go through this set, very few of those songs are actually played and almost <laughs> nothing in the entire show do I know at the time as I'm watching it. But that concert is what has made me become the fan that I am today. Completely, not to sound overly dramatic, but it's the truth, completely changed my life, completely changed my appreciation of music, my understanding of music, of just loving to go to concerts, to, to see live music in any capacity, transformed my life, my outlook on so many things. And immediately, as soon as that show was done, I was hooked. I was completely hooked, went home over the next few months, completely engulfed myself in as much Pearl Jam as I possibly could, was learning the history, watching YouTube clips, reading old reviews of concerts and, and album reviews and band interviews online and just completely immersed myself in the Pearl Jam world as quickly as I could, all because this show was truly that incredible. And again, even though I didn't know anything, just looking around at the crowd, feeling the energy in MSG, the, you know, the stage shaking and just just the sound and, and Eddie's voice and just the whole thing. I mean, it, everybody remembers their first show. And it, I guess yeah. a lot of people can relate obviously to what I'm saying. So it's something that you have to really experience to understand, as you know, as every other fan knows, that first show will always stand out in your mind. It was, 100%. again, a night that just changed everything for me. And I can never thank my uncle enough <sighs> for making that recommendation and that suggestion that we go see this band that at that time, again, couldn't have told you more than like two to three songs until I did some research and now I could tell you what date they played Rats for the first time and what they played, you know, <laughs> when they played, you know, how many times they played Sweet Lou and it's, you know. Well, that's easy. You become you obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you become obsessed and this was the jumping off point into the Pearl Jam abyss that I continue to fall through. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's, I, I mean, that's quite, that's quite a story. I can't think of a better way to get engulfed into this band and then just throwing yourself into the fire, uh, you know, experiencing it and seeing everybody else experiencing, experience it. Um, you right. know, like it's so much different than just putting on, uh, an iPod and listening to even flow or listening to a live and, and sort of dissecting whether or not you like the song, you were able to feel the songs and listen to them at the same time. So exactly. Like, that's such a, it's such an important facet to have. Like one of the most important things is just from the get go, from the jump, there's this appreciation of the live element of the band. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just this understanding and, appreciation and to be in awe of them in person to actually watch them perform and i've said this to myself and and other people you know fans and things i just wish 
so badly that I had the appreciation for this show when I saw it in person yeah. as I do now looking back on it because there's right. so many moments and so many things going on in this show that as fans now, just listening to it, if you've never heard the bootleg, you could go listen to this bootleg right now. You'd be like, wow, this is freaking awesome. This is amazing. It just doesn't compare. It compares to so few other shows that I've been to, that I've listened to. It is top notch from start to finish in the the rarities, the performance, everything. Everything is... No offense, no you know, bias, notwithstanding. Of course we sound it's, biased, it's, of course. It's in New York City. It's Madison Square Garden. I mean, these things are really important facets. If this show, and I, I, I've told told people this before, if this show, this same show, was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, no one would care. Why? Sorry if you're from Arkansas, but it's just not... It's not the same. There's a quote it, on the side. There's a it. quote yes. on the side of the garden with Eddie's face, and it says, "You ain't nothing until you play Madison Square Garden." But that wasn't the actual quote. The actual quote was, "You ain't shit until you." Play right, the but you know they're not gonna put that on the side. Yeah, so you know, you know exactly. what I'm saying. Yeah, you ain't shit. <laughs> I know. I but, just had to bring it up. So, needless to say, they appreciated the moment. They understood the the situation they were in, and man, yeah. did they deliver. Uh, they change. They change. I, change one person's life. So I can tell you that. I I think they changed many people's lives. I mean, like my I was already well within my fandom at the time. I was uh, two shows in that we've both covered both of those shows in our archives. The Hartford of 2010 and the last MSG, uh, the MSG uh, night one, the night before that. So I was so I was really prepared for this one, and I wasn't originally supposed to go go to this or i didn't have tickets at first i got a little lucky so uh steve steve maytan uh brother steve he's been on the show before it's been a while we're gonna have steve back on at some point i'm sure uh he was the one that actually got the tickets for me for the show so I go into the city around 11 a.m. He has to go to a wedding, so he goes into the city, then takes a train to whatever wedding he goes to, and he has to pick up the tickets because uh, of the 10 Club me- membership. So he has to pick them up at Will Call. He gives them to me. And I remember I go and I, I walk up. I see him, and he's just looking down at the tickets. He's staring at the tickets, and he's shaking his head. And I'm like, uh-oh, what, what, what's going on? Did he get fakes or what? what's happening? So... I, I go up to him. He, you know, in Steve, true Steve fashion, he gives me the biggest bear hug and he says, You beautiful bastard, you're going to have a wonderful time. You're on the floor. I'm wow. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. That'll uh, throw you for a loop. Yeah, I hadn't been on the floor before, you know, right. the, the four shows that I've been to, I've been on the sides, I've been, you know, somewhere in, in the back, uh, not behind the stage, but, you know, uh, center back. Uh, I had never been on the floor before, so it was section, I looked at the stub today, section 7, row E, uh, seat 4, uh, on top of the freaking world. And, you know, my brother was going to the show with me, and, you know, this was you know his first ever pearl jam show it wasn't supposed so he there was supposed to be a show that uh he was supposed to go to in in 1992 uh a lollapalooza at jones beach that got canceled because of uh of rain yep so he you know he waited almost 20 years before he got to see them and and i don't know if like something 
about me becoming a bigger fan. You know, he's he's into fish, he's into the dead, he's into jam Bruce, bands, he's into sure. Tom Petty. You you wouldn't look at him and think he's a jam band guy, mm-hmm. but that's just what he's into. But he was into Pearl Jam. He he loved Pearl Jam, and he he I, I think maybe some of my discovery of it kind of rubbed off on him so i think this was this was really exciting for him this was you had re-inspired uh, you know, him so to speak i i think so yeah because i mean he was in the verses and, and 10 and all that stuff but uh I, I don't know how much he was picking up on binaural or yield or right act so you know after that I, I, I he listens to the serious station to this day so he's still following up as much as he can so sure um poster time i think oh, we gotta talk man. about the poster the Holy Grail. So did you, Did you didn't know, uh, I'm going to guess. Did your uncle I, know or? No, I did not know. I, however, do have the first shirt I ever got from them, which was which a one? black t-shirt with like an atomic bomb looking thing on the front. Oh, okay. And it's got a very like cartoonishly written Pearl Jam like on the text? front. Uh, no, okay. thin. It's very thin. If you, I mean, it's, it, it was around in 2010. I, I've seen other people have it at concerts yeah. before. Uh, however, I think you knew this. I do have the poster. You do? I do. Okay. But not, but not from the show. How'd you acquire it? That night. I actually got it from my dad as a birthday gift, like two to three years later. Now this was probably had to be before it really skyrocketed in value. So I think he got it for maybe like two or 300. Wow. But he obviously knew at this point, how I mean, I had gone to PJ20 and I, I went to Philadelphia yeah, for me in America. I mean, deal. I was traveling at this point to, to go right. to the shows. So he understood how obsessed I was <laughs> with them. So as a birthday gift, they my parents got this for me. And I don't remember exactly how much they paid. I think my dad maybe paid like 250 or 275 Compared to what it is now. At the time, which I, I am ashamed to say it is still in the tube. I'm ashamed Ooh, but you to know say what? that. That's a tough one to touch. I, I honestly, I, I don't want to admit what I've done to mine, but um, uh, I do have it. Uh, and the way I got it, so my brother and I split up, and I look at the line. I'm like, Jay, I'm going to go find a way to get this poster. And he's like, go for it. I'm going to go get something to drink. Great. All right. He's He doesn't care. So I go down the line. <laughs> I'm like 23, 24 years old, whatever I, you know, however old I am, and I have like no shame at the time. I'll talk to people. I'll be like, "Can I cut? Can I get? You know, what can I do?" And then I start talking to these girls that are just standing there, and I talk. I'm like, "So, you know, can I can I get in line? What, you know, uh, can I get kind of get in with you guys, or can you get me something?" Uh, and they're like, "No, no." And there's one girl she's like oh i'm just standing with them like all right well how about i give you 10 bucks and i take your spot she's like okay deal there you go (laughs) yeah it was like you gotta do what you gotta do yeah it was like seven people i mean great future investment uh but it was like seven people to the register and there i am and i get this poster and i mean i didn't get the night one poster so i knew i had to get this you, you didn't you didn't miss much on the first night poster I, I know i know it's kind of the pikachu poster. more sentimental than anything i guess right but this this one this one was the biggie donkey oh, yeah. kong it's awesome is, yeah this i mean just really... outside of the of the value to me and you as having been at the show but i mean especially for me as my first show it's an amazing poster yeah 
It's a, I mean, for if anyone is listening to this and you don't know the poster, which if you're listening to this, you definitely do, but you understand it's how amazing one, right? it is. I mean, with w- yes, Ames Bros. Yeah. With you know, it's designed like King Kong, uh, King Kong, <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong, and but it's also got like the Galaga ships on it, and like you Astronauts. know Mario is, and yeah. the taxis, mm-hmm. and you know the the date is the score. Yeah. At the top, it's so. I mean, it's just so cool. It really is. It's so so cool. I love it. It's a- I absolutely love the design. It's everything about it is so cool. I, I I'm just I'm so upset. I am like getting myself angry that I don't have it framed up <laughs> on the wall somewhere. Uh, all right. Um, man, we're gonna go into this, and there's yeah, gonna let's be a lot it. of stuff here. Uh, and we're just gonna take it all in. We're just really gonna enjoy it. Like we're we're gonna be back sitting in our seats uh at this show um and there's not really much more to say than and away we go says that classic line beforehand the away we go and that's how we've started the show since day one um i made sure that you know that was going to be the intro to the show because it has such an impact on me uh you know when you think about it and i always thought about this version of corduroy and just how much energy they had to the stage song number one and you're expecting i don't know what you're expecting but i'm expecting release Uh, long road something along those those lines i think the night before they did sometimes um so i'm not expecting them to bust out of the gate with their anthem and they do and it's just the crowd is glowing with passion like you've never seen it before right See, again, I'm just going to reiterate again, like your perception of this will be a lot more relatable to how I would feel now and how everyone listening to this would feel now. So I can only give you, you know, the perspective of not knowing anything, which in itself is is unique, I suppose. Of course. Yeah. But and, and like you said, I had no idea what to expect. No idea. I mean, I'm just there taking it all in, soaking it all in, just excited to be there at a concert. And I mean, I could just tell, like you said, the energy from the start, especially just among the crowd, like everybody was just so ready for them to come out. Like I remember sitting through Band of Horses to open and it was like, okay, you know, whatever, right, they're, yeah. they're, they're fine. It's all right, whatever. It was good enough to, to get it, keep everybody occupied before PJ comes out. And But as soon as they come out, it's like, 
I can immediately feel like this energy wave of change of whatever, like something takes over the crowd, you know, and it's the same kind of feeling that you get to this day as a fan for every show. Absolutely. And I fe feeling that for the first time was incredible. I think so I definitely agree with you. I say it on the show every single time that we talk about a show that I, at least I've been to, or, or even whenever we get corduroy, that corduroy is the moment that makes you feel like, wow, I'm at a Pearl Jam show because it, you know, you know that they're going to do it early. Uh, you know, it has that like, welcoming feel to it um mm -hmm. and it just it brings you to this very happy special place where you know you you know all the lyrics you can dance to it you can jump around um and you know exactly you know the little things like uh you know um uh, peace man like that kind of stuff you know you know and this is the old the style call. too there's right. no there's no extended nope. breakdown after after the chorus or for the bridge there's no extended so bridge and right it makes right it so good that it's just, it's the most perfect version. Straight up corduroy, Ed sounds, and I we said this before, just keep, the, for every evaluation of these songs and for all the clips you're going to hear, Eddie sounds perfect. Magnificent. Like, perfect. Like, like it was the, the first. The best. Yeah. The best, and I, again, say this, maybe sounding a little biased, I don't really care. It has to be the best all-around performance, Ed, Eddie vocal performance of any bootleg or of any show that I've ever seen or listened to, I, all together, everything considered, you know, the entire show, front to back, start to finish, every performance. Like if I had to, you know, grade all of the performances yeah. one by one and then add up and give a score at the end, this would be number one. Look, hands down. You know, not to spoil anything, but at some point in the next month or two, we're going to be setting up a little vote for uh, the decade's best Pearl Jam shows. And I'll be damned if this is not in the top 10. Uh, this is going to be in the top 10. Criminal it's, if it's not. Right. And it, we're going to leave it up to the fans to vote for it. And I really, I trust you guys. I, I trust you not to pick all five Wrigley shows. Uh, and it's the kind of show, you know, like you'll see people that were not at the show. Yeah. People that were not in attendance are sharing it. it. Or, or they talk about John it or say, oh, it. Yeah. you know, people that will say, oh, what's a good boot? I have a bootleg coupon code. What should I get? Well, do you have 52110? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's a bootleg show that people are still very, very much <laughs> can are listening to. Are it's a classic. Yeah. I mean, it's a classic now. Years later, and understanding, you know, the importance of it as someone that in at this age now that I'm at, and all the shows and understanding it, it, with being the kind of fan that I'm that I've become, I understand how big of a show this was. Right. You and know what I mean? I, so. I think you know. I can't leave corduroy off without mentioning that towards the end the stage, stage. has to be rocking here i can feel it freaking song in and the stage is yep. rocking come on oh and it just it sets you up for such an amazing stretch here to begin this show that's so powerful, so energetic, fucking hell hell to come right after Corey. Well, yeah, I was going to say we might as well just go through the first five, yeah. right? Because, like, just quick bang them all out because there's no talking. Right. Eddie doesn't stop. Hell hell. So it's Corduroy, hell hell. Evolution, Worldwide Suicide. Worldwide Suicide. And uh, Got Some. And hell hell, look. This is the top five song for me at the time. I haven't gotten it live yet. 
I was fucking flipping. I mm-hmm. loved every minute of this. I was like, wow, this already two songs in. I'm like, this this could be the best show that I'll ever see. And again, during this version of Hell Hell. His and this is at the point where his voice, where he could still consistently do the howl. Yeah. He nails it. He does. Nails it. I mean, imagine again. This is like your first show, and I'm sitting there, and it's like right out of the gate. You get these. I mean, even like Godsum's like, eh, whatever. Even now I'm, I'm like, all right, whatever. Godsum's got some, but the first four, you know, corduroy, hell, hell, evolution, worldwide suicide. It's like sitting there watching. They're really standing there. I guess at this point, watching this, You're not sitting taking there this all in. Yeah. No, it's everybody's standing at this point. Or otherwise when I, now mind you, and I didn't say this before, my seat was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all the way on the opposite side of the garden. You know, facing the stage. So at least I wasn't behind the stage, but all the way on the other side, not the top level, but the one beneath it, but like the first or second to last row, like the last row or the second to last row. steep, yeah. So the entire show, I'm kind of like looking underneath the overhang of the level above me through these people that were in front of me. There was like a couple that definitely were older. They had to be in like their mid, late 50s, maybe even like early 60s, and they were passing joints back the whole time. (laughs) And the guy was wearing a denim jacket and denim jeans. It was weird. It was like he was like straight out of the 80s. It was bizarre. But they were like (laughs) smoking the whole time, and it was like, you know, we're just kind of like sitting there. Like there's like smoke everywhere, and it's like everyone's dancing and jumping around and like people screaming. Like I'm looking around at people's faces and everyone is just like completely enamored and engulfed in every note, in every lyric, every word that Eddie is screaming. People are just completely mesmerized by it. And it was mind blowing to me. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. So, and especially again with these first four, I mean, you talk about busting out of the gate. I know. And evolution, you think about the history of the garden and evolution. That's, the, the stage shaken song right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's like, I don't know if it's their intention, but I wonder if it's on his mind, like let's come out firing out the gate and let's try to see what we can do to this place. Can we, Oh, hundred percent energy that we had from last night that we've had from the, the past five garden shows that we've done uh, five garden shows at this point, it was, it was seven garden shows. I'm, I'm two years off. Uh, but man, I just you remember that um, the Hallelujah chorus where he's screaming. Oh, I'm a thief, I'm alive, in the garden that's singing the glory set. Hallelujah. The energy, it's just, it's 
unbelievable. You can listen to the boot and feel like you're back sitting in the seat. It's one of very few shows that I can separate myself and really dive back in and, you know, remember that moment being at the show instead of me sitting at the, in, in my chair at my, at my desk. Uh, I'm at this show when I listen to this show for sure. Um, it does the live from New York. It's Friday night and says hi to everybody, everybody in, in the back and in, in the air, which there's some which people is that are very high yeah. in the back, <laughs> back, back. Exactly. <laughs> right in front of you. In the, in the yeah, really. Back. Seriously. Um, so he can said, I just make one quick little point? Just you? something I'm, I'm just like, uh, noticing as I'm looking at these first five songs. Go for it. He, they're chronological order. Chronological. Vitalogy, no code, yield. Avocado, <laughs> backspacer. Interesting. That is weird. Never picked up on that, huh? Yeah. And then so yeah. And then next then we get a little break. You, you get it after yep. got some. Yep. Uh, he says that uh, last night they raised the roof, but we could do it even harder tonight, and that gets us in the sixth song of the night. <laughs> This one is dedicated to Steve. The day before, we were all hanging out at, at the, uh, you know, before the show, and Steve was like, God damn it, I really want to go to the other show. I, I need to hear breath. That's all he kept saying. And I'm still, I'm still like, I'm not a novice Pearl Jam fan, but I'm like, you know, intermediate to like, you know, uh, junior, sort of. I'm, I'm, I'm up there, but I'm not like, I'm not where I am today, which is sure. like, you know. At least, at least, <laughs> at least a middle, a, a <laughs> like simple, the rest of us. Right? Okay, fine. Um, I, I was always don't obsessed, don't, but, don't deny. Just embrace it. It's yeah, fine. No, I was always obsessed. But at the time, the way I knew breath was through the Ten Redux. So I knew I knew okay. it as breath and a scream. I would never seen singles. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't digging into the history much outside of sure. like, the album albums. Uh, I got gotcha. you. So, so I text him during this and i said hey you wanted to hear breath and a scream right and he responds all caps and he says motherfucker they played breath it's not even nine o'clock yet (laughs) (laughs) and so i've learned from this day forward i i've learned not to call it breath and a scream so yes uh but man to get this this early in the set like this is another with the history of this song in this arena this is another real special moment i think people are getting flashbacks here for this one mm-hmm. for know, sure back to there are people that have been to all 10 garden shows and they remember it was 98 right 98 and they remember the signs and we covered it on the show before and we give we give and you just fucking want more yep. and you know what you deserve it, you deserve it. exactly <laughs> and we definitely deserved it that night. It sound it sounded great, and you know what? It's in a spot that he. You know what? I will say this is his. I 
far as I can remember, lyrically, his only flub. He messes up the first I verse. I noticed that, yeah. I, I, I don't Which know is actually common flub in Breath. Or, yeah, I didn't know if it was a real flub or if he was just trying to change the lyrics to something else. I think, I think it was a flub. It was a flub. It sounds like a flub right. to me, to my ear. Okay. But. Um, You know what? I give Eddie a pass because this is a flawless, oh, it doesn't matter. flawless show regardless. Um, I was going to say at the top of the show, I, I, I completely forgot to rem- uh, to mention it, that it was going to be the first show that we'd ever rate the show before uh, before covering it. And, you know, oh, it's a 10. Throwing it out there. Yeah, these are this is a perfect 10 for both of us. So, uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll skip by that segment. That'll, that'll save you some time. Yes. Uh, this, is, this is a 10, and... Again, you'll you'll see why uh, in a matter of moments. Um, Ed gets back on the mic and says, uh, we played Hartford a week ago. Uh, and, you know, that gets a little woo from me uh, being at that show. And, they, and he said, the Hartford crowd sang the shit out of this one. Damn right we did. So the bar's been raised. Make a campfire out of it. And here's Nothing Man. Um, Nothing Man is the equivalent to the elderly woman that was the night before this. Uh, the sing-along, the entire Acoustic. crowd. Yep. Just being able to look around the room and seeing everybody do all the calls to action. You know. oh, Is that a goosebump moment or what? Yeah, this is. There were a couple moments throughout the show where I can. I just found myself repeatedly just looking around at people. Just partially, I guess, because I could barely see the stage. That's part (laughs) of it. But also just trying to soak in other people's reactions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just to kind of gauge and understand what what was making and and making these people tick and and making them act and sing and dance the way that they were. This was one of those moments. I I, I can remember, yes, like like the lights go up, you know, in the Into the Sun part, and and it just kind of shines over the entire crowd, and everybody's hands are in the air, and it was like some sort of weird cult that I'm very proud to be part of at this point. It's It's a religion where you don't have to believe in anything but the music being played. The only rule is don't be an asshole. That's 100% true. Uh, this is like... So yeah, top-notch performance. Yeah, very good. It's They're at the top of their game. It sounds re- uh, just a rich and beautiful performance of this. And uh, then we uh, he gets back on the mic. And, and honestly, this is the last time he's going to talk for a real long time here. Yes. And he said the last time, or, you know, they did play the song in Germany once. I was saying, 
into the sun. It's this big play, arena, outdoor stadium in Germany. Into the sun. And everyone had their hands up and I realized, oh fuck. It's the first time I've done it since. I was kind of put off from doing that for a long time. I mean, it's classic. It's classic Ed. He's able just to make fun of himself. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Uh, does a little talking here about, you know, who in the group went to college. Matt worked at Kinkos, and Ed says, stay in school, don't smoke pot, listen to your parents, unless they're politician, Republican, or both. Uh, and, you know, Ed kind of talks about how, you know, he didn't graduate high school, but, you know, says, oh, how did I get to be so otherworldly? I'm like, well, that's interesting you would say that about yourself. But, yes, mm. he, I, he he is, sure. Um, and he said he got it from talking to other people, and one of those people, Howard Zinn, and, and reading up on him, and uh, uh, he dedicates the next one to him, which I guess is it's it's both it's both i'm open and unthought known i guess mm, or is it just i'm open no it would just be i'm open okay i think all right I, yeah I, I mean i guess you could thought. consider it like a tag like a, a segue right. i don't know kind of like an interstellar overdrive into corduroy kind of a thing yeah that's that's essentially what i was thinking most of the times that i've seen i'm open in a set list it's been before wish list but i, I, I get it here I, it, it makes sense it's it's fine What's interesting to get into here is just no even flow. This is the even flow spot, the section. Uh, yep. They do it the night before, but here, no even flow. You get all in a row without stopping here. I'm open, unthought known, and we'll talk about some of these as we go. Uh, grievance, amongst the waves, present tense, not for you, push me, pull me, and rats. And there's like barely a water break in between push me, pull me, and rats. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's, bam, all hitting you at the same time. I wrote during Not For You, I said, it's just an assembly line of rock and roll awesomeness. No stop signs, no speed limits, nobody going to slow us down. Uh, It was just so kick-ass. Everything. It is. Everything in this section. And these are, some of these, you don't get in sets very often. Like, present tense is considered, you know, semi-uncommon. Grievance is, is pretty uncommon. Uh, push me, pull me's the one. I had a false belief. I thought we came to this thing. But we're all just visiting. We're all just breaking life with. The ocean's made me, but who the fuck came up with love? Oh, push me, pull me, push me. idea what the fuck it was 
during the verse because it's one of those songs it's very few that it's completely different sounding from what they do on the album and what they do live and well yeah because there's all these effects and sound things going on on the album vibe to it yeah um so i had no jeff's bass is so prominent Mm. in this performance too which is awesome love it i love the sound of this and and you can hear like midway through the first verse like the crowd sort of picks up on it you hear that audible oh like that kind of it's kind of like during the the second line of of that verse and i don't know if i picked up on it until they got to the chorus and i'm like wait a minute what really they they're doing push me pull me i thought that this would be a song that they would never do live i i would never expect them to ever have done it like this was gonna be whale song for me or like bugs, but oh no, yeah. they already had already played bugs once at that. But you know, but you know what I'm saying. That one year, yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whew. At the time, I think they were bringing this back a little bit. Uh, it's total play count. You're on the page. I, I was what rats? Uh, no, uh, go to oh push me pull me thirteen. Thirteen. So thirteen total times. See, we both this was seen the, it twice. Shockingly, yeah. This is shockingly. This was the fifth. They've played it eight times since. <laughs> Which is bizarre. And we've both seen it one other time. That's insane. Yeah, what was that? PJ20, right? PJ20, yep. Um, but when he, I think it was only played three times on the Yield Tour. So, like, everybody's reaction is genuine. That I mean, like, listen, really, it's a cool never, song, but... Yeah. and It's they, not... <laughs> it's You know, it's no... You know, whatever, giving a fly off Yield. No, you of know course I mean? not. But it's just it's exciting when you get something that you know oh. it's already part of something that feels special it's if just, only i would have known it's just if thing. i had known then what i know now randy i know i know but hey you were able to appreciate it a couple a year later right this is true so i sometimes you get you get a second chance you get second chances here I, I felt like that with with present tense that i didn't really know the first time i saw present tense I didn't really know it as well. And this show, I was like, I was ready for it. I was, I was so into it. And I was, I was just, I was pumped to hear it. That was, that was my, uh, uh, that was my bounce back for that. So mm-hmm. rats, MSG, I love rats. New York city. I love rats too. They play rats a lot in New York. They played it all the time here. They played it at Barclays night two. Yep. And then they played it in night, MSG in 2016. Night one. Night, 2016. night one. Yeah. Um, they like uh, they like playing rats here, which to, I guess has to do with the subway. Uh, the first, yeah, the the first show that I went to in two thousand eight, they played at that show too. There you go. So on to daughter. Um, as far as like radio hits go, this is the second of the like prominent radio hits that we've heard uh, since Evolution. There's really no other. There's no even flow. There's no better man in this part. There's no uh, Jeremy. This is the second radio hit that we've gotten, and it's like at the end of the set. They still, at this point, have not played a song off 10. Jesus, you're right. Breath was the only one even from the early days. Oh. I'm, you know, I'm talking 10 era. Oh, God. Isn't wow. that insane? Think and about that. they played a total of how many from 10? Like four? How about this? How about this? They only played one song off 10 in the entire first set. And that's the last one. Yep. So you, you're you thinking at this point and, where... And how about... Wait a minute. Wait. It gets even better. <laughs> the second 
the first, excuse me, the first encore, no 10. So it's why go no black 10. and alive. That's it. That's it. Holy. And I only knew what? black and alive and wow. better man. Wow. I didn't even put it in that perspective. Right. Unbelievable. Just, I mean, it's a testament to them. Yeah. <laughs> and just how on fire they were that night. But really, like, imagine if they did that now. Like, if they could just do that, like, do something like that now, if it was something like this was more common, where they could just not have to play something from 10 or whatever. I think it's at minimum five songs from 10. Minimum. Oh, yeah. Like, is this, it has me almost wondering now, is this the least number of songs off of 10 that they played in one show since, like, the mid-90s? Oh, it it has to be. I would love to know. Um, that'll be something maybe we'll, uh, we'll crunch the numbers and, uh, we'll have to look into that or we can use it as a tribute question. That could be the tribute question. We'll, we have some time that we've recorded this in between that could be tonight's trivia question. So stay tuned, uh, do some math before, uh, before 8, 8 PM Eastern tonight. And, uh, maybe, or a variety of that will be that trivia question we'll, we'll, we'll work on something so uh getting back to daughter great 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 crowd participation on this um it's a really good daughter which i've been very critical of daughter here and there just saying it's just kind of run of the mill but i i feel like this same is, uh this is a great version of it and you get the tag here and ed says after shades go down line he uses the line our freedoms break down and this is important because at the time uh, the immigration laws in Arizona are changing and getting stricter. And there was a lot of controversy going around on that. So Ed gets a towel tossed to him, or actually he, uh, I went to the video and I checked, he kind of signaled for somebody to throw him the towel and the towel says WMA on it. And he uses the line. He says, white male from Arizona. That's right. seems like nothing's changed it's gotten worse yeah it's gotten worse wma has become not just one of my favorite daughter tags but one of my favorite songs in general yeah i I just like the whole song in its entirety i wish they would play it more i I understand it's really hard for him to sing i know and it's much easier as a tag yeah for him to just do it lower so i get it i just obviously just wish they would play it more but that's just, you know, that's just my 
interpretation. It mentions the Arizona stuff, and he says how they stopped teaching cultural studies down there, and says it's something to be needs to be fixed. Dad's dad Ed getting his line in um, the fixer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I think the coolest thing is that they actually waited to the 17 hole <laughs> to put I, I was the big single too. off of Backspacer. Yeah. And they really milked the first set and waited a long time to get the fixer in there. Fixer was usually probably like top five. At right. Least, you know? Something that you could get in those first five, six mm-hmm. songs, get it out of the way. Yeah. People know it. It's off the new album, et cetera. I mean, they waited. Uh, this this is no typical show. No, they're they're completely throwing. He's Eddie's throwing the book out and re, just kind of mixing it all up. It's very it's a good performance. It, it's it's a solid it song. It is, yeah. it is what it is. I, I I'll take it or leave it. Having Why Go close out the first set is much more exciting. Yeah, and I actually I, I messaged you before we were kind of going over our notes, and I said, out of all the things that have happened, I look at this set list. I'm like, really? Why Go is the first set closer? I don't remember that. I don't know why I don't have this mem- like visual memory of being there for why go to close the set. It's it must be everything else just supersedes it and and just is more memorable than this. But like I if you were to ask me a couple months ago without looking at the set list, without studying anything, hey, what what closed MSG uh night two two thousand ten, the first set? I probably would have said porch or I would have said rear view mirror. Um, I, I don't think I would have said why go it, it not that it's forgettable because it's really good here. It's really, really good here. Um, Very good. Yeah. It's just that I think at this point there were so many things that had happened and you know, you it's, I, I think you're just running so high on energy and, and, and you're running straight through, you go, you know, you're getting the encores after it and there's so much going on that, that you're mentioning everything else except why go as as the first set closer it's just it becomes kind of a footnote instead of a a strong uh uh, punctuation i think these days why go is really a song that tends to appear earlier in sets i would say so yeah you know I, i feel like it's a high energy song it gets the people going and it just feels like the kind of song where, the, especially the last maybe like four or five shows I've gone to, which, I mean, I've seen them play Wago a lot. It just seems like it's always early in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have them just... like close this this first set and have it be the 18th song they're playing, again, at the time, meant nothing to me. But now, looking back at it and thinking about it and taking everything into consideration, all the other shows I've been to, it feels... I don't want to say out of place because I feel like that has a negative connotation to it, but right. it just feels unusual. It's but something different. Every time I talk to Matt about why go, he says he likes it near like the end of a set because yeah. the lyrics, why go home? We're going to be here a while, you know, why, right. why go? It, it works for this spot. Um, it doesn't, the lyrics don't necessarily work for the first couple songs in the set, but the, the, you know, the chanting in the beginning and, and the, the energy of it works perfectly. I agree. It's, I would love to moving forward to see this appear later in sets. hundred percent. I want to see everything get just jumbled and mixed up. And I, I want, I want them to just throw the book out on all the tours going forward. I know they won't. I know it's going to get, 
it's going to get won't complain. kind of chalky. You know, it's going to be a little bit uh, predictable, I would think. You know, with some unpredictable things, but I think it's going to be more structured uh, from here on out, I, w- I would have to say. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, encore. So that's it. First en- break. Encore one here. The string quartet is on stage that they used the night prior. And Ed says uh, the song, he's glad it's not autobiographical. The end and Just Breathe, you can package them together. We kind of know this is the same thing we talked about last week with uh, Yellow Moon and Future Days. Uh, See, I love the end. I, I, I like it too. I, I think it's a nice song. I'm a big fan of that song. It's, I I don't know. I don't know if I was, was it my favorite one of, of Backspace or maybe, I don't know, depending on the mood I'm in. I'm, I really like the end. I think it's an underrated song, actually. I think it's one of the best, I don't know, it just really, like, evokes some sort of emotion from Eddie, like that Eddie really, it's like he really shines on that song, his songwriting. I mean, he's written, you know, we know he's written so many incredible lyrics and and songs and everything, but I mean, it's just him and a guitar, you know, just him, even without the strings section. I mean, the strings, the strings make it even more beautiful and, and enhance it. Yeah. Like these songs sound great and i wish we could spend more time on them you know you hate to just sure. pass by a just breathe with an uh an orchestra accompaniment but that's not the story um we we know what the story is here um and you know mentions all the quartet members and says uh that we all wrote a new one today and there's the i'm sorry can i cut you off really quick yeah. before you get into it is this the part where he says all their names or does he wait until after this song no, to give all their names? Before. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Did you notice what one of the the people's names is? No. Oh, Randy, you're slacking. I, I was just kind of, I was, I was. I, it's I, very easy to glance over because you're like, okay, yeah, great. They're the, the string players. But one of the names, you never, I mean, if it's actually incredible that this is the guy's name. Okay. On the cello, Andrew Wood there. No. Yes. Is it really? Look, go back and listen. Oh, my God. Yep. Wow. I think it might be the first name he says. And how are they, how is he not like... Yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't want to get into it. He's like, you know what, I can, I can dive into that, but I'm going to leave it alone. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean that that like if magical moments weren't happening like, already on. on this night, come on! It's the Andy's spirit is is in the building. You're, you're just you guys amazing. Holy moly! Okay, which well, leads us into <laughs> you know they say there's more than one way to skin a cat, but who, who the, the fuck, fuck is, is that out there skinning, skinning cats? cats? Cat skinning, uh, what they used to do in America, uh, but this right here is another way to skin a cat. Walk down the street, can't find the keys to my old home. I take a walk, curse myself for being dumb after the arches stinking. Grease and bone piss on the supermarket like a dog. 
I'm gonna look it. I got a spot in Lucas. Knock the door and Lucas open the fridge. Now I know life is free. Last I heard, last I heard, last I heard the freak was purchasing a fucking gun. majority of the people knew what was going on until he got into the chorus they 110 percent didn't because no one even makes a peep until he starts singing right. the chorus right i think fig- i figured it out pretty early i was able to figure it out um i mean like if you know the lyrics to the song like people should have honestly right. known it like as soon as he started singing like of course if you didn't like exactly yeah my no keys to my own home like that exactly uh i i was able to kind of grasp on it pretty quickly and i think from anybody that was there the night before and kind of understood you know luke and what we called uh when we covered that show luke in 1.5 um if you understood that they did it the night before and they did it in the same spot then that's got to click in your mind somewhere that that they're you know maybe that they would do it again uh I'm, that's why I'm pretty sure I think I, I recognize it right away and I'm like, oh fuck, this is, this is a repeat, you know, but this is, you know, they were fucking around last night. (laughs) Now they're, they're not fucking around. Um, Lucan is a beautiful song, isn't it? When you put it like this, it sure is. (laughs) And I can, I wish I, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I've seen someone in a Pearl Jam Facebook group share this video i know you know the performance like the video of this performance like we'd be rich you know it's just one of those moments in the band's history that everyone references all the time Mm -hmm. like if you were at the show even i remember like i i can remember them playing these three songs with the strings like because it was so different than what they had done for the first (laughs) set you know and is different than anything i've seen ever since and again so lucky to have this as in the first show but it it sticks out in your mind because it is so different. It is something that's so unique 
for them for I mean this performance and this song. I mean it's the, to change the song. I mean it's such an angry, fast, punky. I'll put it this way: song and to make I, it like sound so beautiful. It's crazy. I was at simultaneously. I was laughing. I was singing. And I was crying all at the same time during this performance. <laughs> I don't know how that all happened. <laughs> but I was doing it. And I was just, I was bursting with joy. This was unbelievable. its I don't know if it's ever going to be played like this again. I think they did. Did they do Luke and 2 in uh, Denver 2014? I believe they did. Was it with a string section, though? I don't think it was with a string section. They just played just it slow. Right, but people, okay. don't, people don't go back to that. They go back to this. Oh, 100%. Is, it's the first time they did it. Exactly. And it's, it's again, it's the garden. It's this show. Uh, look, for a song that he sometimes doesn't even muster any of the energy to say any actual lyrics, uh, this is just... This is special. This is fantastic. So um, from here on out, it is just, I'm going to play a little, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little siren here. We have a serious collector's alert. Exponentially serving, perpetually unnerving. After acoustic Lucan two, how are you going to just top everything else that has happened on this night uh, by playing the rarest of the rare and one of the ones that actually at the Hartford show uh, this was the pancake line that that Eddie had the famous pancake line from the Hartford show that somebody had a sign that said play black red yellow and Eddie said we don't come to your house asking for pancakes um, <laughs> and. Literally a week later, they're like, all right, let's play Black or Red Yellow. <laughs> it had been 187 uh, shows yep. since they it took it out of my mouth. Five times to this point. They've only played it twice since. Uh, one of those times I know was Wrigley. I don't remember. Wrigley with other. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I don't I don't. I want to say it was in 2014. I want to say it was in 2014. Let's see. It was. It was. It was 2014 in Detroit. Oh, Detroit. So... Only two other times after that, so. But fuck, this is the first time since 2005. I, like, the deepest of deep cuts right here. Not as deep as the second one, though, Sweet Lou. Two out of two. You're really, you're digging the knife in. Um, 
and, says, and Jeff, uh, Jeff even is like, well, I thought last time we played the Spectrum was going to be the only time we did this, but I guess not. <laughs> two t- it was supposed to be one time, one time only, but I guess it's two times only. I mean, listen, only. the song is, I mean, it's, it's a, if I'm being honest, it's not very good. It's, no, it's a jerky song. <laughs> It's supposed to be funny, right? But but it's just to hear to and again, like it means nothing to me in real time. But like going back and just like trying to wrap my head around the fact that they played these two songs back to back like that in the first show that I ever went to. It's like how. But also, even how? at this point, like even if you didn't know it then, you can still you know when you have your Pearl Jam war stories that you could talk about. You could be like. Sweet, I have Sweet Lou under my belt. You know, people love yep. to yep. know. Anytime I get into a conversation with somebody, I want to know what shows and what songs, and I want to like you know compare. What's the rarest thing you've seen? Exactly, like it's the most interesting thing to me. And and Sweet Lou, I always go back. I'm like, man, if I go down to the songs in the single digits that have been played, like Sweet Lou, Jesus, it's only been played twice. How? Uh, how did I get a chance to say, how was I lucky? I've only been going to see them since 2008. There have been people that have been seeing them since, I don't know, uh, 1994 that haven't gotten something like this, you know, it's just the lucky ones. Exactly. Exactly. We were very lucky this night. And, uh, my comment, I wanted to make this comment because I wrote it down. The, The kitchen sink has been thrown. You guys, the kitchen sink is out there. <laughs> um, my brother looked next to uh, looked to me during the song, and he said, "What the fuck is this?" And I just said, "It's about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Don't worry about it." Yeah, just uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> just <laughs> just enjoy it. The guy as ne- best you can. The guy to the other side of me, I, somewhere around this point, he says, "I've been to sixty-seven shows," and I'm like, "Oh wow, I've been to five. I want to be you someday." Uh, and he's like, "I've never seen anything like I've seen tonight." We're not even out yeah, of the first. I mean, that's, that speaks yet. that speaks for itself. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, given a fly. and I had to be around. Yeah. So, so all right. So kind of a decent segue, I guess. So we get out of the weird weeds at this point. Yeah. And it had to be around to this normal. point that I think I turned to my uncle and I'm like, which is it still stands out in my head that I'll never forget this for as long as I live. I was like, Uncle Joe, are they going to play like any of their hits <laughs> at any point? <laughs> He's like, he's like, they have. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, are they going to play like anything I know? He's like, yeah, but like they have already. Like you just don't know them. I'm right. Like, oh, all right. I guess so. <laughs> 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 that was the last time you ever asked that question. Last time I ever asked that. And like I, like I said, I wish I could go back in time, like with my head now, you know, and go I to know. this go to this concert all over again but yeah. anyway given a fly yeah i mean you got given a fly spin the black circle rearview mirror that are ending this encore and oh, he sounds so good in spin the black circle oh yeah everything it's Look, so good spin the box i feel bad because there are like 15 different songs that have better talking points than spin the black circle i just like i just 
I got everything on everything else, and I'm like, this is just really good. It's it's just being overshadowed. Yep. Everybody's still on their yeah, and Rearview Mirror. That's, yeah, like you know the the ending. Rearview Mirror is fucking know, fantastic it, here. But like at the end of the song, where it's like you know once you in my you know the really high one. Oh yeah, like, he, he actually good. does it. Like he does it. He you know he could still do there. it. It's so good, man. Yeah. It's just ugh. and uh, this had like a similar vibe to it that uh the voodoo fest version that we covered a couple weeks ago did where he says uh i uh, i will forgive but i won't forget he kind of does that up until lead up uh up until and then you get like a a drum solo before uh during the clap yeah and that's That's a great little improv there Mm -hmm. from ed's little vocal improv thing into the little mini mac cameron solo that is a great you know what i'm glad you brought that up because that is a really really good moment Again, if you're listening to this and you've never listened to this show, oh my god, please go listen. We'll send you the boot. Like I'll send it to you for like I don't care. Like I just want I would spread it to send it around to people like because it's that good. Yeah, people need to listen to this show. If you're a Pearl Jam fan and have any sort of dedication, love, passion for this band, and haven't heard this show before, look, we're going off about you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, you really are. You really are. They're like the top 10 shows that you should listen to soldier field is there. Uh, the Orpheum is there. Uh, maybe Amsterdam 2012 possibly. Yeah. Uh, but especially from the last 10 years, this is probably the best show of the last 10 years. With We're all not the, biased at with, all. With all the Wrigley's and Seattle and all that stuff. It, it's, it's one of them. It's, it's top three. It's up there, but I, you know, I will not uh, argue with that. So. I know, I know. We'll hear from you live on Four Legs Podcast at gmail dot com. If you have stronger beliefs on thinking this is at least not the best show of the last ten years, let's give it that because I know two thousand three was really important to people. Uh, so we'll sure. give ten years. Is it the best show of the last ten years? Question mark. That's our question for the week. Send us an email live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. We have Encore 2 to get to here. We're not done yet. Yeah. Whew. Uh, Bizarre little beginning here. Wasted reprise bed playing under Ed speaking. Yeah. And but he, there's no life wasted. Nope. It's just and wasted reprise. It's just wasted reprise. And uh, if it's not life wasted that they go into it, it is usually better, man. 
I've had that before. Right. We've covered that before. And there was actually one time where we've covered Wasted Reprise in a porch, which was really awkward. It's a roofing yeah. porch, actually. So I don't that, need to hear porch anymore. I know, I, I know. I think I pretty much made that known, but whatever. Unless yeah. they go back to the old way. Fast porch, hashtag fast porch. Yep, exactly. We're on board. We'll see. This performance of Better Man yeah. has become immortalized in the PJ20 documentary. Yep. It, it is amazing. And it was at this point that I, I, I again, I, I said, like, I was looking around for a lot of the show and other people. This was, I can clear as day remember during Better Man looking like down at like where you were, you know, on the floor yeah. and on like the far side of the garden from where I was sitting and, and like in the distance and just seeing every like people sing. I can, I can hear it in my head. Like the moment where Ed starts out, you know, the singing, waiting, mm-hmm. watching. And as soon as he says watching, that's he, it. he doesn't say another thing until, you know, the, Oh, whatever. Right. Leading into the next verse, etc. That entire first, Few lines is all the crowd. day in the mix it's clear as day in my head when i think back to looking around and seeing everybody singing together in unison and it was incredible i mean it was just like it's so difficult to put into words how amazing it was to soak that all in and just like i didn't even, i barely even knew the words like i kind of i probably knew the chorus but i so i couldn't really sing along but to see what was happening in front of me has stuck with me to this day. I will the, never forget, you know, the whole show, yes, but this performance particularly, you know, Better Man to me now is like, all right, whatever. Like, I like Better Man, but it's, it, it, whatever. It, it doesn't, if like, if they didn't play it in a show, I'm not going to cry about it. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So, but, so it just really hammers the point home that even at this point for the first show, like kind of knowing it, but 
you know, it, it was just that impactful on me that I'll ne- it's like burned in my brain. I'll never forget it. The best way that I can describe this song, and I won't say this about a lot of other songs ever because it's really it's a powerful thing to say. Um, Ed invited. 18,000 people on stage to sing and they all got on stage and sang. Yep. Yep. That's that about sums it up. Yeah. It's crisp and clear on the bootleg. Mm -hmm. You can hear, you can hear the crowd, like single people's enunciations of things. You can hear. It doesn't sound muffled at all. No, no, it's, it's incredible. And, and, then, you know, obviously you look at the PJ-20 uh, version and, and you look at the video of this and just like everybody, the waves of people in the crowd just passionately singing this and losing losing their mind when they go into the chorus and, and then the tag afterwards. I, you know, I don't think I'm stretching here by saying that it's probably overall one of their greatest moments that they've ever had at a show. It's... I can't. I don't I, think it's too much of a stretch. I mean, they've had a lot of moments, but as far as like real time connection with the audience in the moment, in the middle of a performance of a song, right? I mean, you have you'd be hard pressed to find another example I, as strong, stronger than this, right? It's really. And it's really difficult to explain because it was just kind of, it was one of those things where you had to be in the moment and experience it. And I hate, look, you know, we get that from people a lot that they say, you, I, I can't explain my, my concert story to you. You had to have been there. And right. it, it's frustrating because, you know, you, you want some background into what you're covering. But for something like this, man, like I can go off more on it and about just how the crowd sounded and how the band sounded and how tight they were. But if you just, if you can't feel it when you're there, if you, if you can't feel it when you're watching it, I, I don't know if you can feel it at all. I think a lot of people already, if they don't realize that this performance of better man is from this night, they've already heard it because they've seen PJ 20. And they're like, you know, if you're listening, you might be like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I have to mention the tag too because the tag was just incredible, and I remember during the time I'm like, uh, why don't they? Why don't they actually sing "Save It for Later" during this? So I, I took it upon myself when they were after they did the "Don't Run Away, Don't Let Me Down." I started singing the chorus, and my brother looks at me, he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm singing it, I'm singing it," and he kind of realizes what I'm doing midway through. He's like, "All right, save it for later, don't run away, don't let me." Like <laughs> and he, he kind of follows up on it. It was it was kind of fun. It was. It was a, it was a cool moment. So, man, yeah, you're going from better man into black. That's not fair, man. That's not fair. How how dare you pull on our heartstrings like that? I know it. Ah, oh. at least finally a song, two songs I knew. Exactly. You're this at, this second at twenty eight and twenty nine <laughs> of the show. Oh boy. And you know, black is is great. You know, at this at this moment, it, it was the first song that I really loved yeah. by them. You know, you, you kind of like go through. Oh, well, what's your favorite song? Well, it depends on when you ask me. You know, it's like it it kind of changes a lot of the time over right. time. Black was the first one okay. for me. That's so hearing it live right away like that definitely stood out. 
Mike Solo is so good. It has such a warm feeling to it, this version. Yeah, his guitar. It's comforting, yeah. Honestly, the tone he has throughout the entire show feels different than it does now. I don't know how to explain it. Their whole sound sounds a little different. It's like they're using different amps or something. Maybe. I don't really... Like, if you listen to this... And then you go to like 2013 and then 2016 and then 2018. It's like there's a progression and a change in the tones of their guitars Mm -hmm. or something. It's hard to explain. One thing I I really noticed from this was just like this little creepy slide thing that Boom was doing on the keys. Did you notice that? It kind of had this like little like, I don't know, it it just sounded really haunting. I'm sure if I go back and listen to it. And actually listen for it, I wouldn't recognize yeah, it. But off the top right of my head, end. as you're saying it, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and just the clapping at the end too. It's 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 got everything. This version, it's you know, uh, instead of we belong together, he does we, we didn't, didn't belong together. Yeah, Ooh, that that hits you. That mm-hmm. hits you pretty nicely. So, how do you follow any of this up? You put in a who cover. <laughs> Shit yeah. <laughs> Shit Love yeah. It. Uh, I explicitly, this is another great moment that I have with my brother who's, you know, again, like pretty casual Pearl Jam fan. I think he, you know, I wouldn't consider him to have Pearl Jam in his top five favorite bands, but you know, like I try to influence him as much as I can. Uh, you know, he, I remember staring at him in this moment and just, he was in a trance with the band and singing back to them during this moment. I've never, I've been to shows with him a bunch of times and I've never seen him like this connecting with the band like that. And I texted with him uh, yesterday and and today and I'm just like, do you remember anything? And he's like, I really don't, you know, I, I just remember it being really good. I remember liking it and that that's about it. But I'm just like, you don't realize like this is one of the best shows of all time. And he's just kind of yeah. like, oh, all right, that, that, that's cool. But I, I remember <laughs> seeing specifically in this moment him staring at the stage saying, can you see the real – I'm looking. I'm like, dude, you're a different person. He he sounds so good, Eddie, really though, in this cover. Yeah. I mean, I've said it a million times, but, like, really, these covers, oh, <laughs> just so on point. They like are the screams and oh my god! Yeah, he's it's just, getting it's he's, incredible. He's really uh, he's he's channeling inner Daughtry there. He's really he's bringing it into another level that you know I don't think they do the real me that much nowadays. Uh, it's kind of they've played it eight times since. Yeah, it, it's been left off, but I think there's mm. a reason. I I don't think that they can get back to where they had it at this point. No. No. So, and I think he knows it. So it's, you know, it's yeah, I mean, special. listen, his voice is, is what it is. So he's not going to be able to hit these notes forever. So I get it. It's exactly. Fine. Exactly. Just keep it, you know, keep it locked up in this, in this era and uh, appreciate it for what it is. Um, and then how do you follow that up? <laughs> I feel like we've said that after every song. How the <laughs> fuck do you follow it up? Well, Ed invites Ben Bridwell on the stage. And here is... This is, okay, we talked about it in the Hartford episode we did months ago. Uh, I said to my brother, I whispered during him, like, fuck, I know what's coming. And I thought this was going to be the buzzkill of the set here. Uh, because in Hartford, Ben Birdwell came on the stage after Indifference, and they did All Along the Watchtower. 
right. don't like all along the Watchtower. I think it's a boring as fuck song. I don't care about it. And I just, I felt like that song and the energy of this night wouldn't have worked. So I was not anticipating or, or I was not, I didn't want that. And sure. I didn't get that. Uh, no, you did not. And you hear the little arpeggiated uh, intro, and I'm just losing my freaking mind. I don't I didn't know this song at the time, of course, still being introduced to all this. And this song was the first song I remember looking up the next day because it stuck with me. And I just, there was something about it. Yeah. Like his, even though he, you know, Bridwell's performance, like it's okay. You know, it's obviously not Cornell and never could be. You're not expecting it. It doesn't need to be like that. But he was holding off that last part, the last I don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can't do this, you guys. You know, you could sense the nervousness in his voice a little bit. He's kind of like starstruck a little bit. Yeah. And he does a solid job. You know, all the, the verses are fine. The chorus is fine for the most part. The last note, you know, his voice cracks, whatever. It doesn't matter. Eddie sounds awesome, you know, hitting all the notes and everything, but just them, like, them singing together and, like, hearing people, seeing people's reaction to yeah. when they, like, even, like, when Mike just starts playing, 
the the you know the notes the arpeggiated notes it's just like everybody flipped like the, you said and i remember like that stuck out to me and i was like wow that's like that's awesome like why like why are people freaking out about this like and i was like i think i remember asking my uncle i was like is this even a pearl jam song like i i've really never heard this song like i don't have no idea what this is and he's like no it's something else which he you know he likes pearl jam he knows temple of the dog but it was like he didn't know at the top of his head but right. um i definitely looked this up like the next morning I, I remember because it stuck with me in my head and I was like, Oh yeah, go going hungry, going hungry. It's like, Oh, yeah. what is that? Like, and it, <laughs> you know, that's another springboard it's... into the, the world yeah. that we've become engulfed in. So yeah. Wow. Awesome. Awesome moment. So rare. I know. Um, You're not, I mean, they're never playing hunger strike again. So no. if you've never seen hunger strike no. live, uh, I, I don't, well, I, I think your, your chances up at this point. Maybe one day we'll uh, we'll make a little exception and go to uh, the Temple of the Dog route and do the MSG show from 2016. We've talked about it. We have talked about it. Because I was there. We were both there. So I did and... see it then, as did you, so we could do that. Yep. Uh, but at a show in 2019, 2020, that this is, this is no. not happening. I, I so. think it's, uh, it's essentially retired for good, I, I think, at this yeah. point. Even yeah. just emotionally, they that right. they're not going to go back to this. So right, but amazing moment, amazing, amazing. Um, shit. Then you get a live three left. And yeah, it just at this point, like, I you get a live, and I know what's coming. I know it's like this is the sign that it's the end of the night, that it's the end of my three show run. I don't know when I'm going to see them again. And there's just like this, like, you know, the sense of dread that you, you get <laughs> when I hear that it's not, well, it's not dread. It's more like accomplishment almost. Where yeah, it's just but like, it's also like, you're like, Oh, it's coming to an end. Like, right. I where I, you have to savor, you have to sing those last song, uh, the last lines, uh, as and it's also as like, can. will I get that extra song in the right. middle? You know, right. What, you know, Will they do that for me <laughs> this time, or will they just well, go well, alive, just, Ledbetter, or alive, free world, and that's it? Like, will I get that extra song? Right, and yeah, I, I think you know, with this, I don't, I don't remember re- remember hearing it live, but going back to the bootleg, uh, you know, year a year or two later, I'm like, wait a minute, I hear something here. That's got to be Warpigs, right? <laughs> The last time they played it from uh, You've gotta be they, kidding me. The from 984 shows. Mm-hmm. That's he what it never says. Tagged Warpigs once. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look in on that. But as that's right as insane right now that that's the stats. And then he he's he's done it two times since. Four <sighs> yeah, because this was four out of six. Out of six, out of yeah. the six times. How can that? That can't be. I know. I, six I know. times total ever. Okay, wow. so the only two times that they've so, all right. So you got the Moore Theater, mm-hmm. Pink Pop, Garden in '98, 98 That's three. Our show, this one, is four. Then they did it in John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville in 2013, and then that's... Quebec City in uh, 2016. I think that there's at least one or two more. 
it's, it seems like something's missing. Right? Yeah, and and those are tough. Look, Dave does a really good job with the live footsteps, and and he does a lot of homework. But man, that's that's really hard to hear. This is I mean, something like you crap. have to have a really keen ear. It didn't take me until you know I had listened to the, I, I'd worn this bootleg out. I had listened to it hundreds of times and and didn't realize it was War Pigs until you know a couple of years after. Right. Uh, just incredible the band knows the history just keeps coming and i didn't know and i didn't know that the last time that they had played it was the garden i don't know if mike knew that either probably not i (laughs) wouldn't think so what a ridiculous thing to remember yeah but so many moments just to the lengthy list already um here's one moment that uh is is the one that you can kind of live without on this show. And our first ever show that we did, we called back to it because the Fenway Night Night One show of last year, um, Ed made mention of Bono uh, and how Bono was going through yes. surgery or something like that. And He's I a said, badass. Right, he's, he's an Irishman. Uh, like, I, I just, I remember... I, I don't want to talk about it too much here because it's kind of, you know, we got better things and, and got to wrap things up. But it's like he copy pasted this speech and used it at the Fenway show. Yep. It's the same thing. It's the Pretty same much. thing. So if you remember, if you listen to episode one and remember us, us talking about Bono, and yes, we were very critical about it because Matt and I do not like you two at all and really don't like Bono at all. I don't know how you feel about him, but. Um, I'm indifferent. Okay. Uh, Whatever. I I really have like no opinion. It's fine. Sorry for the YouTube fans out there. You know, that's, it is, it's just our, but he had gotten in like, was this when he got in the bike accident or he hurt his back working out or something? This was, I think the bike accident in central park, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's why he brought it up because, uh, it was in New York. Yeah. Cause the New York time, but, um, Buckley, is it, uh, is it time? Is it time? It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to kick out the jams, motherfuckers! surprises on this night and he just lets out this otherworldly howl <laughs> in the beginning oh. Oh. this is supposed to be like rocking in free world led better and buy this is bread and nope. butter no this was the Check extra the extra jams. little little add-on that you get oh right before God. the actual closer and it Love is it. amazing Loving i'm actually a huge huge fan of the yes my last name is buckley but the jeff there's actually a bunch of really good versions of jeff buckley covering kick out the jams wow okay and it's awesome like if you i don't know if you or anyone listening if you're a jeff buckley fan he's a he does a really good cover of of this but this is like my favorite performance like cover of kick out the jams a like a lot of a lot of bands i mean have done it rage against the machine did it oh yeah uh presidents of the united states did it 
Um, I know at least one or two other. That Kim Thile from Soundgarden is like a huge McFive. Yeah, fan, like huge. Like he loves loves McFive. Like he's toured with them. Like they've gone in this like 50th anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of years, and he's like been the guitarist. Well, they and played stuff. Kick Out the Jams when they were in Seattle last yep, year, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's my point. So it's a popular song. I've, you know, it's a common cover right. in this world, and it's. I mean, they. Kill it, kill yeah, it. It's a short it's, song. It's short, it, but it's absolutely it so raucous and energetic and powerful. And yeah, I mean, just Fitting. so in line with everything else that has happened in the show, where it's just <laughs> exactly. like, what, what? They're doing this. They're doing this, and it's to throw this in right before Leadbetter to close uh, things out. It's perfect. I know. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Leadbetter with Star Spangled Banner. To get it. Home, Actually, re- I remember at this point, my uncle was like, all right, we got to go. We're going to get a jump to get on the train. I was like, what? I, re- and I was like so gripped by what, like by them playing. I was like, well, I don't want to go. Like, what? Do we have to? <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Come on. We're going. We're going. Catch the train. Oh. Yep. It's like, fine, fine. You so, want a I remember. Yeah, exactly. I remember hearing the Star Spangled Banner in the hallway outside, like on the concourse, going down the escalators to get downstairs. I, wow. I can remember clearly through the walls and in the hallways hearing Mike play the Star Spangled Banner. So I wish I would have been able to stand there and watch it all, but hey. Yeah. This was this was a just an amazing moment. The first two shows that I got, uh, one closed with uh, Watchtower, the other closed with Indifference. So at the time I was a huge like Ledbetter mark as they call in the wrestling industry they'll they'll call them marks i was a huge ledbetter mark uh you know top five song at the time i I thought that it was a disservice to the fans that they weren't that they wouldn't close with it every night and uh i was just i I was crossing my fingers because i knew that they had done so much already and i was just hoping that that there would be one more and 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 there was and I was so happy. I remember my brother took some video during this, and I asked him, uh, I said, you probably don't have anything left from 2010. He's like, you know what? I'll check my computer. I'll just check. So if it's there, I'll post it. But my brother took video of us uh, during the chorus, and basically we're just doing the mumble, you know, we're mumble-fucking the shit out of that. Uh, And then during the uh, Make Me Cry, we both simultaneously... Make me cry. It's like <laughs> the funniest thing. And me, my brother and I sound exactly alike. We have the same voice. Uh, so you're basically, you're hearing, you're hearing double. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but I just, you get, you know, the anthem McCready busting out a really intense and kind of squeamish version of the anthem. Yeah. It's a very, it's very, very much in line with the actual Hendrix version. Yeah. Where he's not just playing, you know, the notes to the star spelling about He's doing the feedback. He's doing the, like the dive bomber with the whammy bar. It's like full blown, like every little detail about the Hendrix version He's channeling it. It's Did you notice amazing. So I had to look I had to look up what this was. Did you notice the dun 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 Yes. So that's from the Hendrix version. Yes. Do you know what that is though? That's um, that's okay. isn't that some military thing? Um I'm not sure. What I know it from, uh, what I think it is, or at least it sounds like, you know in like cartoons where like 
it's a cartoon of a farm and like the sun is rising. It's down. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Yeah, sure. I think it's that. Oh, like the sun rising in Vietnam or something? Me, uh, something like that. I, hmm. I, it's called, it's from Grieg. It's called Sweet Number One Morning Mood. Interesting. Yeah, but I think it. I think that's what it could it's just be because be. Hendrix did it. That he's that's why. Oh Mike's yeah, doing but it. Hendrix but did it. You're of, saying why did Hendrix? Okay, I got yeah, that. yeah. That, I'm just giving some. You know, right. No, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I never would have known that. Yeah. Cool. Just, just incredible. Very just cool. incredible. And the band stays on for the last, you know, an extra minute or two and just soaks it all in. Uh, Ed intros everybody, says everybody's name, and, and kind of waves goodbye, knowing that this would be the last U.S. date that they would play for a while. And holy moly, I, I, how do you how do you how do you come back from that? How do you go? Well, they don't. To they go home the next, and then they go over to Europe in a month. I, I'm talking about myself. Like, <laughs> how do you go to work the next day and like explain to the people that you work with that like I just well that was a Friday. So luckily, you, I mean, and, well, I I worked, where I you were working in, at that point, I, I guess you were working on the weekend. Okay, yeah. yeah so I, I get worked, that. I worked in sports, so yeah, we had weekends. Um, I was still in school, so yeah. I, I I don't think I was able to explain what I went through. Um, and it was just something I had to, you know, I had to live with my excitement and share it with my brother and, and Matt and Steve and, uh, whoever else I was, uh, you know, around at the time. And it, it just, it's the best show of any band that I've ever been to in my entire life. And I've been to hundreds i've been to hundreds i have ticket stubs that you know span back from the early 2000s for you know bands from all over the spectrum of classic rock to punk rock to metal to uh to alternative everywhere um even some rap in there too uh i've seen as close to everything as i could possibly say and this is by far the best performance that I've ever seen on a live stage. I mean, that pretty much says it all. Yeah. I mean, I, my two cents, I, I said it in the beginning of this. I'll just quickly re- reiterate it again. I will forever be <laughs> indebted to my uncle for taking yeah. me to this show. I mean, if it, it sounds, again, a little over the top, but if I hadn't gone to this show, I don't know. Like, my life could have been very i don't know how i don't want to say drastically different but a lot of the things that have people i've met and things that i've done and my taste in music and everything could have been drastically different sure you know i yeah. i wouldn't know you i wouldn't know a lot of the people that no. i'm friends with yeah so it's it, it's it's more in than every sense this. of the word a light of the of the term a life-changing night so. yeah i welcome to the community and it takes me back every Welcome time. To the jamily. Yes, that I listen to this bootleg just takes me back. And man, what a ride it's been since. Yeah. And uh, again, fingers even, crossed. Hopefully, even just it's going to continue it. soon. We yeah. could have we could have sat there at a bar and had the same conversation for the same amount of time. Uh, Easily, you know. And and maybe talked about even other things and and splice other stories in between. But like, huh, this was just. This is why we do this, guys. Yeah. This is why we do this. This we is a prime example. Mm-hmm. We and want to like, like just go listen memories. to it. 
Yeah, it's we played a ton of it. Um, I I don't think we can play more than what we have what we played. I think as I I think I did it justice as much as I could. If it was a long episode, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but I'm really not sorry. I know this is the one where it's like I don't even care. It it just has to be based on the nature of it. Yeah, this one absolutely deserved every bit of it. Um, Can you? possibly put together three of your top favorite moments <laughs> um, <laughs> is it possible is it possible see the thing is like i said you know i can look at it through my eyes as i did in the real time and i can look at it as the fan that i am now so I'm, i think I'll the fan it. that you are now knows knows better knows more is more has knows what the impact is yeah, I would ask you both, but pick one. I'll just I'll just do it through like my time then, okay. through my eyes then, because okay. like that's that was you know what really happened, and it, it was like these moments that helped shape you know why I became hooked. So I would say the beginning, watching them come out and hearing this buzz come over the crowd and you know the stage shaking. So that would be one, two would have to be I think better man like I said looking around and seeing everybody singing along and Eddie letting the crowd do all the singing and man for a three I don't know just I think maybe just just leaving and it sounds ridiculous but just like walking out and, and trying that to it never ended almost. Yeah. And trying to understand and comprehend what I had just witnessed. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Like a hundred percent to like under, like to be like, okay, that happened. And now I need to have more of that. Right. In my like, life. How do I, how do, how do I do, I do this again? This? Exactly. Yes. So that would just, I think understanding and coming to the realization that this was something that I needed to become part of my life and how much I, I loved experiencing it and how much I knew there was to discover about them. And it was like the door had opened just feeling like coming to that understanding within my own head. That would probably be number three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So my top three, um, three, I'm gonna say Luke and two just because the impact of that was magnificent. You know, you go on all the boards and the Facebook groups after the show, and that's all they're talking about. Uh, maybe not all they're talking about, but that's huge. Uh, and, you know, it's it's the one thing that other people that didn't go to the show are asking about. And, you know, YouTube is, is really just starting to develop into what it is today at the time. So you're not seeing clips right away. So I would say Luke and two deserves to be on that top three. I would say it's my third. Uh, my second, I'm going to say hunger strike, uh, just because the sheer surprise of it, um, no idea it was coming and when it did i was an absolute joy uh just being able to and and obviously pj20 would follow with cornell and and you know who knew who knew at the time that that was even going to be a thing uh but you know i i thought 
this was going to be something that they never did again. And, and even like we said before, going back, it's, it's not, you know, we're not getting that in this day and age now with everything that's, that's gone on. So I think hunger strike is extremely important in the show. Uh, and number one, I, I said it before, um, better man is one of the best performances of any Pearl jam song of all time. Um, PJ 20 documented it. The crowd was on stage for this one. They were electric. They were incredible. Amazing. Um, there's, there's not much more to say after that, after that, that it is, it's one of the best Pearl jam performances of all time. Um, and you know, shout outs to black, red and yellow and sweet Lou and push me, pull me and all the random stuff that happened on this night, uh, that just made for just, an amazing amazing time we already rated this perfect 10 10. we don't get a lot of shows where uh we rate a 10 i've only rated a 10 twice before then uh this is the first and probably the only show that i've been to that i'll rate a 10 uh i haven't been to a show better than this i think brooklyn probably is as close as possible yeah brooklyn too I gave that like a 9.8, I believe, because I knew (laughs) that nothing was beating this. Uh, I I gave Pink Pop a 10 because he had to. And I gave Live at the Garden a 10 because how much uh, that meant to me and my building of Pearl Jam fandom. So, Uh, but man, we we ran through that and... This was a pleasure. It absolutely was. I... Thank you, sir. If if we were in the same room, I, I would hug you and, and oh, not yeah. let go for an awkward amount of minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was this was an experience. Uh, you know, only when you think of all the span of, of Pearl Jam fans and their eighty one thousand that uh, follow the official Pearl Jam group on Facebook. Uh, you know, eighteen thousand people whether they were big 10 club fans or not got to see this show. That's a very small percentage in the grand scheme of things in the world. So just, just take a step back and you think about, you know, that you were really hell, hell, the lucky ones because you were, I I was about to say that (laughs) one of the lucky ones to, to be in the crowd, to, to witness this. And, and it doesn't happen often that you can really say that and say it with, pride and passion but like this this night was really it 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 belongs on that uh that high high scale so amen so um yeah i don't know how we're gonna follow that up but we'll be back next week um uh we'll play co-host roulette next week won't tell you which co-host we're gonna have on but uh you will find out when uh when you know and next week is halloween week so Coming back for the second year in a row in my treehouse of horror. So last year, obviously, we did uh, uh, the Spectrum closing because that was a Halloween show for In My Treehouse of Horror 1. Uh, this year is In My Treehouse of Horror 2. So we're going to be doing night three of the Spectrum from nice. uh, 1030. And I think a lot of people say that that show was better than uh, than Night Four. So yeah, um, I've heard that. Yes, I've, I've never listened to it before. I'm going to dig into it uh, when you know, as soon as we're done finishing this one up, and uh, and we're going to get going, and we're gonna we're gonna really dig into it. So love it. Um, yeah, Buckley, it's been a pleasure. I as got, always, Randy. Thank you, you know, to everybody for listening and you know, uh, dealing with our 
our gush fest. <laughs> if uh, if you feel the same way or you feel differently, if you didn't like the show, love the show, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com or, you know, social media, we're all there. It's uh, you can find us very easily. We're very approachable. So, you know, hit us up. And uh, so with that being said, this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. For Randy and Buckley and MSG 2010 Night 2, one of the best shows that you'll ever listen to in your life. Yes. We thank you, and we'll see you next week. Later. Later.